Welcome, everyone, to the very first episode of what we hope is mini of the Rock and Ramble podcast. I am Andrea. And I am Victoria. Basically, we're just two best friends born in the wrong decade talking music and shit. So we want you to join along for the ride. Okay, so a little bit of background about the podcast and how we started it, how we came up with the idea, and a little bit about the name also. So this is called Rock and Ramble Podcast. Our reasoning behind it might be obvious to some and to others it might not, but we were kind of going with um, the rock out and ramble on and other music fans, especially of like 70s and such, would recognize Ramble On as a Led Zeppelin song, which is one of our one of our favorite bands. So Correct. It's kind of in <laughs> honor of them and without any copyright issues. So <laughs> <laughs> And the Ramble On podcast was already taken. So yeah. we are rock and ramble. Yeah. Because that's what we're doing. We're rocking and rambling. <laughs> Lots of rambling. <laughs> as you will Lots soon see, ra- dear listener. <laughs> <laughs> You might be inclined to turn it off now, but wait, you may, you may enjoy this. But wait, there's more. There's more. So Victoria and I, we are best friends. We have been best friends, oh, for a long, long time. Um, Sounds so probably... excited about that. <laughs> oh. yes, so no, it's probably coming up close to maybe twenty years. Um, we're maybe a few a few years away from that. Oh, okay. Yes, I actually know oh. that we oh, are good. because from what I remember is um, we first like um, we had known each other before, but was at a mutual friend of ours, Shauna. Um, yes. She, when she was t- having a birthday party, it was a pool party, and oh yeah, you and I were both in the pool, knew who each other was, da, da, da. but uh, you, you and I started playing Olympics, which um, if anybody who has ever like been swimming with either of us, one, Andrea is like terrified of sharks, the water is not her place. Two, I'm just even like pools. Yeah, even pools, which you might think is weird, but it is. And also, it's legitimate um, fear. I am not a strong swimmer. I used to be when I was little, and now I survive on doggy paddling. So, and I have to hold my nose. So, somehow we took that as like, ooh, we're ready to play Olympics. So, I remember that because you had brought up Michael Phelps and all this stuff. So, I think oh, yeah. that was the party that kind of was like. And Ian Thorpe. Like, yes. The yes. torpedo or something, right? Yes, the Thorpedo. The, oh, okay. yes. yes. I just don't know. Yeah. Michael Phelps and Ian Thorpe, those were the two, like, big names to watch at the time. And we were playing. And we were probably, um, I think that's why we became such good friends so quickly, because we were both as equally awkward as the <laughs> other one. And we were both as <laughs> equally um in the same place in life as the other one, if you will. Um, we were both, according to, or in my mother's words, we were both late bloomers. Um, and I can say I'm still waiting to bloom. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't you know. know when I did bloom, if it's happened. Did, did we ever bloom? I don't think so. It's okay. But I think that's why we stayed friends. Maybe yeah. we're just both still waiting to bloom. 
Once I bloom, we're ditching each other. (laughs) This is over. So listeners, get it in now. So um, I know for me, as far as getting into this kind of music, like we're going to, the podcast is going to be, like Victoria said, focusing more on like classic rock. Um, We're looking at rock and roll from like the 70s, 80s, 90s, um, and kind of everything. But that's kind of what we're going to be focusing on. And for me, I really got into that uh, in a large part due to my parents, um, mainly my mom. My mom would, because she was home with us, you know, throughout the day, um, and she would play, the radio station would always be on like Magic 105.3, which was San Antonio's like 80s, 90s, and today's current hits, uh, our best hits. Uh, we also listened to KZEP. Uh, which was like a classic rock station in San Antonio that no longer exists. Um, and also Kiss FM. I don't know if Kiss FM is still around 99.5. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those are the three radio stations that kind of stand out to me that we would listen to. And so a lot of my music, um, a lot of what I liked came from that, just listening to the, the, whenever we would go on car rides, that's what we were tuning into because at that time, obviously it was like either cassette tapes or, uh, mm-hmm. cause this is the early nineties. Yeah. So radio or cassette tapes. Um, I remember, you know, and I was also really big into like, uh, Alan Jackson and Shania Twain. Those were those were yes. strong too, <laughs> but uh, we're going to be talking about rock and roll. Maybe at some point we'll do a, a country episode. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Also, like three days ago, I saw George Strait in concert, so I'm still <gasps> kind of like, in Houston. Ooh. Yes, uh, awesome. I haven't even talked to you about that. Yeah, we'll yeah. have to hit on that. Cool. So um, I think it's the kind of the same for you as far as like how you got into this type of music, right? Yeah. So. Also my parents, but most heavenly, heavenly, (laughs) my mom is an angel, but most heavily would be my mom as an influencer because my dad appreciates the music and he's got great taste also, but my mom is just like the most well-rounded music listener like I've ever known. And she's such a music fan. She was in band in high school. She played saxophone and... Yeah, so she's she's just kind of always had an ear for music forever. Nice. And one thing is I I know you remember at my when my house when we were in high school was so we had a room which I guess some people would consider like the a formal living or like the room that nobody uses in their house sometimes like a formal living yes, room. Yes, I remember that or room. Or some people call it like a sitting room, but ours was the music room and it had a wall full of shelves that was full of CDs, cassettes, um, a, her huge vinyl collection, as well as that room had those like speakers that are as tall as you are. And it also had like, yes. you know, the, the player. I don't know. I think it had like every kind of player, like the record player. Like a multi-disc player. player. Yeah, but like massive speakers. So like right. it was awesome. Um but yeah, so just going through my mom's collection was just always crazy because it was like, man, we could listen to any genre here, anything. Mm-hmm. And besides my mom, I would say probably the cookouts with my dad's side of the family, um, my uncles and my aunts when, 
you know, we're all hanging out with my cousins and stuff and they're just getting drunk late into the night and we're like, hey, <laughs> this is fun. And they're just like jamming to everything and like, you know, yeah. the one beer in the hand, like singing, to, like all that. And it was so much fun. And that's just like what I like relate with a lot of these songs too is just like thinking back on those things. And then, of course, like you and I have bonded over it and listened to them way more since then. Like even through high school, we just kept listening to the songs we love from like that genre. Absolutely. Yeah, I I I think I've told you this before. I don't think I realized that there was current music being made <laughs> because when I was like in middle school, I was so lost in like oldies and classic rock and everything like that. I wasn't aware of like current music being made until I got into like high school. Yeah. Um and I I think I did say so my mom was a heavier influence on me. Um, and I think it was mainly because she was she was there with us. So when she wanted to listen to her stuff, we were there with her. And my dad, he had really good taste in music as well. Um, but his uh, was more his was always kind of leaning more toward like Americana. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm thinking like, you know, Joe Ely and um, mm. Joe Bonamassa, like bluesy music. We went to Disney World when I was like nine, eight or nine years old. And my parents were so excited because Johnny Lang was mm. playing. And so we went and watched Johnny Lang. And he was just like this young kid uh, at the time. Uh, really good. But now he's like this big name in blues, you know, that blue, mm-hmm. the blues scene. But um, that sort of thing was kind of more my, my dad's speed where my mom was more into like the hair metal and like, you know the the glam bands which is where my heart lies because <laughs> I just love them so much so that's kind of where I'm going to be starting off with this podcast um we are going to start our first podcast our episode number one is going to be drum roll <laughs> uh oh thank you Cinderella not the fairy tale, but the American rock band that gained notoriety for their heavy glam metal look and sound. <laughs> Fun. <laughs> so I'm just going to jump right into it here. Cinderella, they they had a couple of different uh, member changes, and I think we'll run into that as we go through our podcast. <laughs> like, so many people kind of come and go in the bands. But the four main members, you have Tom Kiefer, he was the lead vocalist, he played guitar, piano, keyboard, harmonica, saxophone, steel guitar, mandolin, like, you name it, he played it. Uh, Eric Brittingham, he was bass guitar, backing vocals, Fred Curry was the drummer and backing vocals, and then Jeff Labar was the guitar, backing vocals, slide guitar. Uh, Those were the four main members of the band uh, for most of their, their touring time. Um... So Cinderella formed in 1983 uh, after a chance meeting of Tom Kiefer and Eric Brittingham in a bar bathroom in Halloween on Halloween in 1980. So they met in the bar bathroom in 1980. Three years later, they had Cinderella. So, okay, so just to kind of give you a little bit of background on Cinderella, because I have a really cool story. Um, So Tom Kiefer, the lead singer, he was born Carl Thomas Kiefer. He was born in Springfield, Pennsylvania, 
And he started playing guitar at a really young age, but he struggled with drugs and alcohol in high school. He was actually going to drop out of high school, but his mom promised him a Gibson Les Paul guitar if he graduated. And so, of course, he was like, okay. And so he sobered up, he graduated, he got the guitar, and after graduation, he worked full-time on his music career. Um, And the way he made money in the meantime is he walked racehorses at tracks and he delivered film to developing outlets. So just kind of odd jobs. Um, And then he met Eric Brittingham in that bar, bathroom, that fateful night in 1980. And that's when Cinderella was born. So something else that was really cool that I discovered whenever I was uh, learning about the, the band Cinderella was that they were first discovered by Gene Simmons of KISS and it wasn't, he tried to sign them, but like it didn't go over well. They didn't, it didn't happen. But then it was John Bon Jovi who convinced (laughs) his Mercury A&R manager to sign the band. So they signed in 1985 and they released their first album, Night Songs, in 1986. And John Bon Jovi actually sings background vocals in a couple of the songs on the album and he appeared in some of their earlier music videos. Just some some more interesting things about the band Fred Curry, their drummer. He actually trained as a violinist as when he was accepted into the Berklee School of Music as a teenager, but he pursued playing rock and roll instead and he was actually filling in for Ozzy Osbourne's drummer Randy Castillo when uh, Cinderella was auditioning for drummers, so he sent his audition tape into them. And Cinderella was like, oh, this is Ozzy Osbourne's drummer. And so they gave him the audition and he got the part. But he was just filling in. He wasn't actually Ozzy's mm. drummer. So it kind of gave him a, a leg up. Yeah. Um, and what's funnier is that he is not actually the one that's drumming on their first album, Night Songs. Fred mm-hmm. uh, Curry is not even drumming in that whole album, but he's on the cover of the album, and he was in all the MTV music videos and played on all the subsequent tours. Hey, that's the way to do it. Don't do any of the work. <laughs> Show up for the glory, yeah. you know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he's on the album cover, but he didn't <laughs> drum at all because he didn't join the band until after they had already recorded. I was like, maybe I could um, be in a band. I know, right? Like, I could just this. show up. I have no musical talent. This is perfect. But I've I always know. wanted to be in a band. Yeah, we should mention that Victoria and I have zero musical talent. We have 100% musical appreciation, 0% talent. Correct. <laughs> yeah. This was something that uh, any fan of Cinderella, I think, will have knowledge of they'll know about this but they may not know kind of the extent of it that in the early 90s tom Kiefer, the singer he suffered a paresis which is a partial paralysis of his left vocal cord and he was told by doctors that he would never sing again they'd maybe released like two or three albums at this point when that had happened and so he obviously wanted to fight it he wanted to keep pursuing their career because they were they were getting big they were getting known And so he sought help from all kinds of doctors and specialists, and ultimately he had to retrain retrain himself how to sing. Um, And there are several things that could have caused the paralysis, such as general anesthesia, uh, could have been a brain tumor, could have been a virus, like a cold or a flu, something like that could could happen, um, which his was actually attributed to later. 
um, like a colder fruit flu, which is the type that doesn't go away. So he has continually from that moment in the early nineties, when he initially suffered the paresis, he has continually battled this thing. Um, and in spite of the diagnosis, he's had multiple, um, he's continued to sing in spite of it. And he's had multiple hemorrhages with bleeding of the vocal cords that have had to been surgically corrected. So basically like if he hemorrhages, he just has like a little procedure done and, and I make it sound like really, you know, nonchalant, like, oh, it's just a little procedure, but <laughs> it's bleeding of the vocal cord for a professional singer. <laughs> like, it's not great. Um, but he's, he's really, uh, been working hard to strengthen his vocal cords. He's, um, it was in, let's see, 2006 that he was actually diagnosed with the paresis on the right side. So now he has one on the left and the right side. And in 2006 was the first time that I got to see Cinderella. My sister and I took my mom to see them, um, at, uh, in San Antonio at the Verizon Wireless Amphitheater. And I remember him like kind of hitting this really high note and like holding it for a while. And then he just kind of collapsed into the note. Um, he kind of like fell to his knees and it turns out that's, that's the year that he had that second paresis. Um, that's crazy and that I remember you were there it, to experience that. That's cool. I mean, yeah, not like terrible yeah, for him. I not, that, but. It was awful for him. But yeah, but and and nobody knew. Mm-hmm. Um and so that that tour, they were actually doing their twentieth anniversary tour and they were playing with poison. Um so they had opened up for poison at that at that mm-hmm. time. Um and so yeah, it was just kind of crazy seeing that because I had known a little bit about it. My mom had told us um she knew a little bit about it, but I don't none of us knew like the extent of damage that had been done and that it wasn't um, you know, it was like supposed to be irreparable. He wasn't supposed to be able to sing again. And then here he is even now, still currently he's, he's out touring and singing and just getting, and some mm-hmm. say that he sounds better now than he did before. So, right. um, speaking of currently, uh, if we want to know where are the band members now, these days, uh, Fred Curry, the drummer, he actually composes music for TV, film, and sports teams, and he's very passionate about rescuing animals, which I love, <laughs> and he works closely with this animal rescue called Big Love Animal Rescue. So if you're into that and you want to support them, you should go check it out. Um, and then in 2009, Tom Kiefer started training with an opera coach. I think this was like a big turning point for him. Um, finding this opera coach because he was able to strengthen his vocal cords to be stronger. And like I said, some people think that he even sounds better than he did before. Mm-hmm. Um, he pursued a solo career and he's had pretty significant success with his Kiefer band. Um, and he participates in this thing called Monsters of Rock Cruise. Have you ever heard of that? No. Oh, wait. Yeah. Wait, maybe I have. That sounds familiar now that I like think it over. Yeah, maybe I have if if it's what I'm thinking of, where they just like get to cruise around with the bands, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's a it's a real cruise, like Royal Caribbean or whatever carnival, um, but it's called a Monsters of Rock cruise. And every year, 
I don't know when it started. I saw one like from 2014. I don't know if that was the the start date, but every year they have like a lineup of bands from this era that they'll just play and then they do um, like Q and A's with the band members and stuff like that. And so Tom Kiefer still uh, participates in that. Uh, I looked at the 2022 lineup and yeah, Alice Cooper is headlining. (laughs) <laughs> and then, uh, which I've seen mm-hmm. Alice Cooper and I'm not, I mean, maybe some people are big fans. He's very theatrical. That's what he's known yeah. for, but he's, I mean, we're talking about glam he, rock, right? He's not <laughs> my favorite. <laughs> I know. Like, the whole band is like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah they're rock. a little, they're a little too far. <laughs> they're a little much. Yeah. So Alice Cooper's headlining. There's Tom Kiefer, Skid Row, uh, yes. San Sebastian Bach. I don't think he's with the band anymore. Yeah. Bummer. Uh, that's one that I would have loved to see. Uh, I mean, obviously, I would have loved to see all of these bands in their yeah. heyday, but you kind of have to take what you can get nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I would, I would go on this tour, and I don't like Victoria mentioned earlier. I am terif- like terrified, terrified of sharks. I do not like deep swimming pools. I do not like murky water of any kind. And certainly I do not go in the ocean past like my ankles. So to say that I would go on a cruise is a really big deal. And I think I would consider going on this Monsters of Rock cruise if the lineup was right. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think that would take much convincing to get you to go on that cruise. (laughs) I mean, despite the shark thing. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe if we just like never left the dock. Yeah. So they do that. I could just I could go on and FaceTime you the whole time and be like, oh, my gosh, aren't you glad you're experiencing this with me? And you never have to be scared. (laughs) And then I never have to worry about getting eaten by a shark because inevitably the cruise (laughs) that I go on will be the one that sinks and I will get eaten by a shark. I think you might drown first. I don't know. I would imagine like the shark is not the thing that's going to kill you. if you're I have played this scenario out. Believe me, I've played the scenario out multiple times in my head. If I ever uh, go, like, for some reason, like, that's the number one thing. I'm like, never put your position, never put yourself in a position where you could possibly eat, be eaten by a shark. So, like, never go in cruises, never go in the ocean, right? But mm-hmm. if I were in that position, I feel like my response, and you know, and your brother knows <laughs> that oh, <yes>. my, <laughs> do you remember this? Uh- my response to being scared is just to like like freeze up and collapse like a fainting Uh, goat she did the fainting goat basically exactly so victoria was telling you a little about her house setup earlier well before you get into that music room they had a, a staircase going up to the second floor and i don't remember we were maybe like juniors yeah and you and i i don't know if you set this up with your brother i or did he not just did it on a <laughs> i promise <laughs> so victoria has a, a younger brother and victoria and i were running down the stairs duh, 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 and her brother jumps out from that room and you can't see into the room from coming down the stairs but he jumps out from that room and like ah scares us and i <laughs> 
immediately collapse. I like freeze, go rigid. I collapse and I like fall down the remaining stairs. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, mind you, listener, it is like four stairs because it like goes up four or five and then curves. So she was not far up. It (laughs) was not like a cruel act. But also in our house, we just scared each other all the time. And Evan, my little brother, just unfortunately (laughs) chose that time when she was there. (laughs) But it was the funniest thing. It was the funniest thing. Not only. okay, so she collapsed, but also picture, you know, you're walking normally your hands at your side. Her hands came like up to her chest like, oh, like (laughs) in little like crinkled up hands and then she like let out this little groan cry thing and at the same time and that it was just the combination of it all because I got scared too I'm like the jumpiest person ever yeah but Andrea's response was like just the best and yeah my brother remembers that clearly <laughs> I feel like you added on some details I don't remember no, any of you for sure like clammed up like you didn't just fall down there's no way. <laughs> I also blacked out. So yeah, there was that. <laughs> um, but to go back. Yeah, I feel like if I saw if I was in the water and I saw a shark anywhere in the near vicinity, I would literally just do that and either drown or have a heart attack before the shark even got to me. So that's that's that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, back to Cinderella, what we're here for. Um, we talked about Fred Curry and Tom Kiefer. Let's talk about Eric Brittingham. He suffered a mild heart attack in December of 2006, but he recovered and he continues to play music. He co-formed uh, the band Devil City Angels, if you've ever heard of them. Um, but he left that after recording the first oh, album and he currently plays bass. Yeah, I hadn't heard of it either. Mm-hmm. Um, but he currently plays br- bass in the Brett Michaels band, not mm-hmm. to be confused with Poison. <laughs> it's not like people are going to be like, oh, that that's Poison. She means Poison. Yeah, dummy. <laughs> no, um, there's Brett. Yeah, you idiot. What are they even doing on this podcast? <laughs> that bandana uh, guy. Yeah, there's. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, because it's, you know. That's what he's known for. Partially. <laughs> Never mind. I know. Yeah. Partially. Um, yeah, so he's he's in the Brett Michaels band. Um, and then during their brief hiatus in the mid-90s, whenever uh, um, Tom Kiefer was going through his voicing, and that's the other thing about this band, is that they never, whenever the, like one of the guys would get hurt or sick or something, they weren't like, oh, we're just going to replace you. And I know it'd be hard to replace the... <laughs> The lead singer, but we've seen other bands do it. Yeah, um, for sure. And yeah, and so they they always said like if it was gonna happen, it was gonna be them for. Mm-hmm. And so during that hiatus, when he was having Tom Kiefer was having his his health issues, Jeff Labar, who's the um, guitar player, he ran a pizza sh- pizza shop with his brother, and during that time, he discovered a passion for cooking. And it was so much so that after Cinderella was over, they broke up. He went back to school at the age of 53 to pursue a career as a professional chef. Yeah. And it was funny. I was listening to, 
I, right? I was listening to an interview that he did and he was talking about attending classes with like all these young kids and the interviewee or interviewer was like, oh, do you get recognized? And he was like, well, it's all these young kids. So none of them recognize me, but like the professors and the parents <laughs> would like ask him for autographs. That's awesome. <laughs> it, I was just like, could you imagine like being in college and like sitting next to Jeff Labar <laughs> or like any one of these guys? Yeah. Um, just kind of funny. So he was, he was actually doing that, um, pursuing his career as a chef, but he, um, he is the only one that actually passed away. Um, all the other guys are still alive and kicking, but Jeff Labar passed away on July 14th of 2021. So it was just last year at the age of 58 years old. Um, I never found an official cause of death, but it's likely that it was his chronic drinking that did him in. So, yeah. Yeah. Which a lot of these guys, I oh, mean, uh, yeah. I, whenever uh, we were talking earlier, Tom Kiefer, you know, uh, suffered from, you know, alcohol and drug abuse when mm-hmm. he was a teenager. He, Tom Kiefer actually um, put Jeff Labar through rehab. Mm-hmm. Um, like one of his last stints in rehab. Uh, Tom Kiefer paid for it. He put him through it and everything. And I think Jeff Labar was sober for around a year. And then he relapsed. And he said in that podcast that I was listening to that he attributes his relapse to the breakup of Cinderella. Um, Which is... Yeah, yeah, if you've had it in your life for so long and that's been like, you know, such a big part of your life. And you already have substance abuse. I can't imagine like... You know, all of a sudden there's nothing. I mean, I'm sure he had other stuff going on, but compared to Cinderella, probably, you know, that was probably. Yeah. And it's and that's what he was saying, too. He was just like, that was the lifestyle, man. Like you were on tour and it was all around you. It was like readily available. And that's what people were doing. You were out partying. And and so it was just, um, I guess, too much. And a lot of the guys. I mean, you, you think about it and you look at their lifestyles and you're wondering, like, how are people like, what, is Keith Richards still alive? And uh, yeah, I think he is. Yeah. Right. I'm pretty sure he like is. It would be and, huge news if he wasn't. Yeah. Maybe I missed like, that. How is he still alive? <laughs> I don't know. But um, yeah, Cinderella, they really only... They had four albums. They released four albums, but it was only 1986 to 1994. So they weren't even making new music at that mm-hmm. time. Um, and a lot of that, again, was attributed to, like, health issues that they were right. having. Um, but they were doing... There was, like, best of albums, and they were doing a lot of touring. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're, they're still, you know, they were getting... Making money as a band. Right. Um so you have Night Songs, which was their debut album. Long Cold Winter was released in 1988. So it was a year before I was born. Uh, I was a nine, 80s baby. Oh, my gosh. I almost said 90s baby. <laughs> uh, She's getting old. Be. I mean, I'm, no. old, I'm older. Yeah, I know. <laughs> At least my mind yeah, is intact. Tori and I are 80s babies, and we are proud. My mind. <laughs> Um, we are very proud 80s babies. Victoria's 88, I'm 89, and we're just really happy that we made it. Even though we were born in the wrong decade, we're still happy we made it in the Mm -hmm. 80s. Yes. Um, but Long Cold Winter was the album, the CD that I remember my mom having, 
um, cause it's like, it's like a white album with purple lettering and I can picture it perfectly. And that is the one that has like all the songs on it. Um, it has Gypsy Road, Don't Know What You Got Till It's Gone and Coming Home. And Coming Home is my very favorite Cinderella song. Mm. Um, it's one of yeah. the ones that Tom Kiefer starts out kind of singing normal, Mm-hmm. Um, just with like more of like a bluesy voice. And then in the second or third verse, like verse, he gets into like his, I took a walk down the road, you know, like really <laughs> high pitch, that gravelly voice that he's known for in the glam rock world. And so I just love, love, love that song. Um, that's my very favorite song. And then, um, you know, they have other big hits like Nobody's Fool, Shake Me, Somebody Save Me. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are all on the Night Songs album, which was their debut album. And, oh, uh, Somebody Sh- Somebody Save Me was the video, the music video that Bon Jovi was in. That's what I was trying nice. to find earlier. All right. Yeah. So that music video, it starts off with like two, these two very very 80s looking women (laughs) um like walking around in their high heels and like crazy outfits and they're like fangirling over cinderella and then at the very end of the album they're like running toward the guys the cinderella guys and then they run right past them Mm -hmm. into the arms of john bon jovi and and richie zambora really who i know (laughs) I know John uh, Bon Jovi you know, gets the... the most love, and tr- I know, I know he I know. is so hot. Yeah. But I really do like R- Richie Sambora too. <laughs> Agreed. So yeah, cute. I mean, he—he's you got to give him his due, but it's—it's it's hard to live in the shadow. Yeah, I was gonna say, if he was in bon another band, he would for sure be cute, or like the cutest oh, one. But with John Bon Jovi's there, you know. How do you compete? That's the kind of thing you have to surround yourself with, like, lesser looking, right? <laughs> <laughs> so that's where Richie Sambora went wrong. He just, his friends were too hot. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's basically where we're at. We've got, um, they had their four, four albums, Night Songs, Long Cold Winter, Heartbreak Station was kind of more bluesy and you can tell like as you're listening to the records that they're they go from a really heavy metal glam sound transitioning more into like a bluesy rock in the early 90s um, and I think that a lot of that is attributed to Tom Kiefer because that's more of what he was into and his his voice really fits that genre of music. Um, Still Climbing was their last album. I'm not super familiar with it. The single was Hot and Bothered. Mm-hmm. Again, not not super familiar, but um, like I said, I was lucky enough to see them play in 2006. It was July 8th. Then in 2010, July 24th, uh, my mom and dad and I, so I was already in college, um, we went to Backstage Live, which I believe used to be like a, a, like a butcher, not a butcher shop, but like a... <laughs> It's like where Texas um, Chainsaw Massacre happened, and then they just turned it into a concert venue. <laughs> it really did look like that. It was like a meat locker, butcher-type place or something that they turned into a music venue. Um, I don't even know if it's still in business. Probably not. Um, but that's where we went to see Cinderella. It was a really small, intimate venue, and it was really cool um, being there with my mom. And, you know, me and my mom, like, went up to the front, and uh, my dad stayed in the back, but... We were, like, jamming out, and mm-hmm. the guys are, like, you know, 110 years old up on the stage. 
<laughs> but it was a lot of fun. And that, that was the last time I saw them. And, you know, the last time I ever will see them. I didn't realize at that time, you know, that would right. be that would be the last. But you think about it, like these these bands that we're going to be talking about on our podcast, they're really not to sound morbid, but like their days are number. <laughs> yeah. I mean, our whole thing is like listening to oldies and obviously mm-hmm. they're going to be significantly older than us to have made music at, you know, in their, you know, te- late teens, twenties or thirties. And we're listening to it 20 years later and then talking about Correct. it another, you know, 15 years later. I'm not doing great math here, but they're going to be old. So <laughs> <laughs> note to our listeners, Victoria flunked out of math. <laughs> I did not. Okay. Uh, she's just jealous just that kidding. I always had better grades than her and she would never. Okay. Do let... you remember? <laughs> okay. I <so>. remember. <laughs> no. You and I, I don't remember if we were in the same class, but I remember dropping high school calculus, like pre or AP calculus. Oh, with Mr. Rathburn. Uh, yes. No, not with Mr. Rathburn, with Miss Rutledge. Oh, no, I, I went through Mr. that Rathburn. one. I liked, yeah. Hmm. What? I don't know. I, I was taking like AP calculus and it was super hard and I yeah. realized that I didn't really need it for my life. Yeah. <laughs> and I was more interested in boys and music at the time. So <laughs> I dropped that class and I went to Mr. Hargrove's with And only you. one fulfilled us, by the way. <laughs> only the music did. <laughs> we were not. <laughs> we were not great. <laughs> the other one. <laughs> As I mentioned earlier, we were late bloomers. And awkward. Not... <laughs> and super into 70s and 80s music and like, what? Nobody likes us. It's so weird. <laughs> As we're, you know, dramatically singing these 80s okay, ballads. No. <laughs> uh, we used to actually like lay down at night and like put our heads together and belt out like yeah. ballads. So. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I still think fondly back on those days. Oh, no, I love it. But it's funny yeah. thinking about it now, like, oh, why were we like, hmm, why isn't all this stuff working out for us? <laughs> why don't these boys like us? <laughs> and looking back, it's crystal clear. <laughs> you know what? It was all for the best because Look at it us got now. us to where you we know are what? today. Look at us now. Thriving. 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 Doing a podcast about it. Yeah. <laughs> No. Um, oh, before we move on, though, we should talk about what uh, brought us together. Because, like, I we both got our our music taste from our parents, right? Mm-hmm. But we really, I didn't know that there were other kids out there my age that had an appreciation for the same type of music. Because uh, a lot of them didn't. Right. Um, and so it was... Oh, gosh, we were like 15, 16, Yeah, 15. it was, I want to say that same year that we met at the at Shauna's pool party and then later discovered, like, we were already like, I say hitting it off, but you know what I mean? Like, we were <laughs> having fun and then figured out we were in the same class for something, which we had already been in a class, but this time we were like, oh, you're pretty cool. And then there was like yeah. one really big night that we both realized like whoa twin flame over here this person is gonna be important um 
Yeah, so that happened because we were friends, and one of them we're still really good friends with. So we were friends with um, somebody who had a boyfriend, one person at that time out of our group of four. <laughs> and So the, the first thing that we bonded over was our lack of success with boys. And then this solidified our friendship, this music love. <laughs> yeah, so we were out... I say dancing, but it was like a little country dance hall where it was like, oh, if you're over 14, you could go. Remember, it was Leon Springs Dance Hall. That's where we were driving oh back gosh. from. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I don't even I'm remember pretty sure that. that's where it was back from. And anyways, our friend at the time, her boyfriend showed up after we were already all there and we didn't have our driver's license at the time. So this was, you know, early on. Yeah. And... um. So that friend that had the boyfriend was like, oh, I'm going to ride home with him and one of you can come with us. And so she chose our other friend. And there were four of us. There was four of us. So she chose our (laughs) other friend and me and Andrea were kind of, you know, defaulted to the mom. So that same girl (laughs) had the boyfriend. Her mom was coming to pick us up. And so me and Andrea got in the car with her mom and we're all going to the same place. But um, it was something like, her mom had, I want to say it was, was it Bob FM or Jack FM on or something? Yeah, um, it had to have been Bob FM. Oh, yeah, because of that area. So mm-hmm. Bob FM on, and me and Andrew are like hanging out. You know, we're not too bummed because this is, I don't know, we like older people usually too. Like, you know, we're both kind of old souls in some ways, so we were cool <laughs> with it. We're both eager um, to please adults. <laughs> yes, that's probably pretty accurate too. So we are listening to music and I can't remember I wish I could know which song it was that like catapulted all this um or was the catalyst I yeah. guess would be more accurate of explanation if I had to guess I would say it was like sweet child of mine or something oh probably like, like a pretty basic yeah song that a lot of people knew and it kind of shocked the other one because we were both singing along and our friend's mom and she was like oh you know this and we were like yeah and we just kind of kept going. And so her mom, me, Andrea, we all started like kind of quizzing each other like, whoa, you know this song? And so we like turned the radio off and just started either naming <laughs> songs, naming artists or like singing part of a song and like kind of a finish right. the lyric and getting so yeah. excited. Me and Andrea were getting excited because we were like, whoa, you know this too? You know this too? And then her mom was getting excited like, wow, y'all know this. <laughs> So it was just really neat. And then after that, I feel like we really became like best friends. Yes. Like at that point, we're like, okay, I am going to go home and make you a mixed CD of all of my favorite classic rock songs. Yes. (laughs) And so that's exactly what we did. And then we traded CDs. And there were a couple of songs that you put on mine. Uh, One specifically that I remember was the Mr. Big I'm the mm-hmm. one who wants to be with you. Yeah. And so that one, anytime I hear that song now, you automatically pop into my mind because <laughs> it was on that first CD that you gave me. Yes. And yeah. um, we also, so, you know, we are, we are 33. You're 33 right now? I'm, 32. I'm 32. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you. By about one Thank month. You. So anyways, yeah. we are around <laughs> the same age. And we went to high school in the time of mixed CDs. So everybody was yes. doing their own CDs or getting stuff off LimeWire, but not, but really not just like, you know, for right. legal purposes, not. But yeah. um, we 
would make each other make CDs and name them like the dumbest names, which I'm sure so many people did. <laughs> Nothing related to the songs, usually some, you know, dumb inside joke or whatever it was. And our CDs would jump wildly like it wouldn't. Yes, it would hardly ever be like all of this is going to be, you know, 80s rock like it would go everywhere. But um, it went to country. It went to like some soundtracks sometimes and just kind of all over the place. But for me and Andrea, we would do lots more of the older genres than, you know, we would have for anybody yes. else probably. Yeah, it was definitely like a serendipitous moment. I feel like we were meant to cross paths. And then, like I said, that really solidified our friendship. Um, speaking of soundtracks and like oldies, that brings us to our one uh, one minute, one hit wonder spotlight. Um, so every every episode we're going to pick, uh, like uh, I'll pick a, a one hit wonder that stood out to me um, just you know, randomly. And basically we're using the term one hit wonder as like a band artist song that achieved success for only one hit. Uh, not to say that they didn't have other good music, but they're basically known with the general public solely for that hit. So if I said like, I've had the time of my life by Bill Medley and Jennifer Warnes, <laughs> which was what my pick was, um, you would think like, oh yes, Dirty Dancing, right? Yes. It's the iconic Nobody song. Nobody puts baby in the corner. <laughs> exactly as a 1987 motion picture dirty dancing and it's still like just hearing that song makes you want to do that patrick swayze jennifer gray lift like every time yeah in my dreams. i've never yeah i've never successfully done it i've never actually tried because i've always been very scared because people have gotten like really hurt from trying to do that lift i feel like um, i've tried it in a pool only because that's the only place where it's like <laughs> almost remotely safe you you and i probably tried it together oh, i would not put it past us. and if not the next girl's trip it's happening <laughs> it is happening we'll take a couple of shots of tequila and then we are doing the lift yeah Oh, boy. Uh, and then we're going to yeah. choreograph the whole dance. <laughs> I would oh. definitely do that with you. I so uh, would. Maybe maybe we need like a when we turn 35 or like a 40th joint birthday party and like oh just choreograph it. And that's yeah. like our <laughs> like, you know, how people do that for their wedding. Like, oh, I, got, I did a first dance secretly, whatever. And we're and just we'll like both break our hips. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> dancing at the time of my life (laughs) oh gosh but i do know how to play the most basic version of that song on the piano oh nice yes that's really good so we said earlier we're not musically talented and that still holds but i am trying to do a i paid for a little piano app um we have a keyboard here at home and i was like oh i'm totally gonna teach myself and i can read like maybe some of the notes but once it gets to the chords oh I'm lost like I can do them really slowly but I cannot transition quickly so when I say I can play a song on the piano that means like the most basic like you know (laughs) very very (laughs) basic bass and that's it I can't Mm. do a lot of that like really fast unless it's like the CDEFG on my right hand the treble that's it so you're like bum 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 
Yeah, it's you know what? I'm gonna have Pedro record. Yeah, I'm gonna have Pedro record my like pathetic attempt at it, and I will show you because it is not it's not great, but you can tell what it's supposed to be. All right, guys. Well, this wraps up our very first episode of the Rock and Ramble podcast. We appreciate your time and you listening. We hope that you continue to listen. We've got some really good bands lined up for the next couple of episodes. So stick around and rock out and ramble on. Bye. <laughs>